Lord, help us to, uh, to think like you think, to walk like Jesus walked. Lord, we give you all the praise and thanksgiving for everything that's accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in y'all. (laughs) one of the things that this scripture brings out of course if you go back into verse 3 which I guess it's better to read verse 3 before you read verse 4 but but it talks about keeping the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace and then it focuses on the oneness aspect one Lord, one one spirit, one faith so forth Um, the body of Christ is supposed to be um, one and we are. How many know that's true in Christ? We are one, no matter, uh, no matter that we have different groups and different segments of the church, different tribes, so to speak, different camps. A lot of ways you could say it. Uh, there are disagreements in different issues in the body of Christ. Uh, not all Christians see every verse of Scripture the same way. In fact, probably not all of us in here see every scripture the same way. Uh, but how many know in Christ we are one? We are one body. We are one family. And uh, not multiple heavens, you know, other than, of course, the atmospheric heaven, the stellar heavens. But uh, the place where we'll all go be one heaven. There won't be segments where we got, you know, those who really knew a lot. <laughs> those who didn't know so much. Not going to be different compartments in heaven for the different denominations and groups. And uh, you know, we, we've said many times that the Lord doesn't look down on the earth and see um, all these different groups. He just sees those who are His and those who are not. Those who've received Him, those who've rejected Him. And uh, we're all one family and one body. It's important for us to always remember that. Uh, I, t- tonight what I want to just share a little bit about something I've never done before. And um, I was... I was asked recent, well, a number of months ago, um, there, there's a man who's ministered here, a man I respect a lot named Tony Cook, and uh, he's ministered, it in, in, like I said, in our church, and uh, he, has a, he has a website that um, he really designs to minister to ministers, uh, to pastors and evangelists and so forth, and he provides tools and encouragement and a lot of stuff for people in ministry. And uh, he, has a, he has a segment that he asked me to be a part of a number of months ago, and it's like a pastor's forum. And basically, he sends out different questions uh, for us to answer, me and a number of other pastors. And so anyone can go on there and, and get answers to those questions. One of the things that he asked recent, recently was um, he asked how pastors deal with an exodus. Uh, in other words, how do you deal with, speaking to pastors, myself and a number of other people, when people leave the church, okay? And uh, because any pastor has to learn to deal with that particular issue, you know, it can be very difficult if someone doesn't learn how to deal with it because, you know, it can be taken personally and there can be uh, a lot of things that go, and go along with that. And so it was a great question. There was great answers and mine was pretty good too. And <laughs> I've experienced it firsthand. <laughs> but I got to thinking in the middle of that, of doing that and after the fact, that it's, it's not only pastors that have to deal with and handle people leaving a church. Also, the other people in the church have to deal with it. And especially those who are very committed and connected to the vision. They've made it personal. It's not just a place they attend, but you know, it's not just I go to this church. No, this this is my church. And, and there's a connection there. There's relationships there's fellowship there's a there's a unity in the spirit okay and 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 so it's not only those who pastor a church that have to learn how to deal with and avoid being uh you know hurt or anything like that when someone leaves 
but also people in the church have to deal with it. And I know this from firsthand experience, again, with others who have felt the impact when someone else departs or disconnects for uh, different reasons from a church. And so that's why I wanted to uh, deal with this subject a little bit and, and helping you to deal with an exodus. You can see how this is not necessarily a subject that comes up every month where you would deal with this. And, and I'm not, re- not responding to anything because we haven't had any kind of mass exodus by any means. I mean, praise God for that. Uh, you know, like we try to joke around, sometimes we uh, don't believe in church splits, but we do like church chips. <laughs> that means you chip off the gripers and complainers just a little... <laughs> Just a little here, a little there, and uh, therefore they never cause any big problems and, you know, take a big group out. <laughs> and so, uh, but there, <laughs> this is an issue that uh, we need to deal with. So, some may wonder, uh, you know, they wonder sometimes about others in the church and they think, isn't everybody as committed as I am? No, they're not. it's just the truth not everybody has the same level of commitment and really those with and I'm not dogging on anybody tonight that's not my purpose of this but those with less commitment don't realize that they impact others they impact those who are more committed by their lack of commitment okay there's more of an impact impact than they than they even realize is happening and so uh, no, everyone's not committed the same, and, it, and it's, I think it's always going to be that way, okay? Because we're here, we've got uh, many of us who are just so very connected to, to what God is doing, and there are others who are checking things out, and there are others who don't want any kind of real commitment. They want to feel free to come and go and not feel any obligation. Uh, and so it's always going to be that way. But I know this, there, there are always good ways to do things, and there are bad ways to do things when you're talking about anything. And even when you're talking about someone who uh, departs or leaves a church to either not go somewhere or go somewhere else, I mean, no, there's a good way to do that, and there's a bad way to do that, and probably more than one bad way uh, to do that. But these things can be done right. And they can be done in a godly way. And there are times, because uh, you might think I'm just about to blast everyone who has ever uh, departed. Uh, I'm not about to do that. Uh, I know that things can be done in a right way. I can tell you from my experience, I've left churches before. And it was the right thing to do. Okay. And let's say, when? Well, I can tell you one time I left to go to Bible school. And I was in church before, and I had to leave and disconnect to obey God. <laughs> okay? And then when I was in Bible school, um, I was a part of a, a church for a couple years there. But when the time came, I had to leave again. And these weren't bad leavings. They weren't done out of any kind of wrong motive or purpose. But I had to. When, when, I, when I was a part of the church in Twin Falls, I know that's a little different than the average person deals with because I was on staff there and, and, and I worked there. But at the same time, it was really important that I get that decision right. <laughs> because not, not only do I disconnect from the church, I lose a salary. <laughs> and so I had to disconnect from that and leave that situation in order to get involved with this situation and start the church here. And so it was very important that I do that the right way and that I get the decision right okay and, and that's my concern with some not only do some do things the wrong the wrong way and so it just makes it hard some just get it wrong okay not to say that again is it ever right for someone to disconnect and connect somewhere else I think it is right sometimes okay but there's a whole lot of times when it's not right in my opinion from my experience more often than not the moving and shuffling around is incorrect, and it's not of God. Nevertheless, we're still one body. We're still one family. We're still the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it comes in shapes and forms that look like life church, and that look like all kinds of other churches, but we're still the same family. And so I was thinking about this and asking myself the question, why do people leave a church? 
Okay, why do people leave a church? Let me give you several things that I've come up with, and this is not exhaustive by any means. But uh, I would say this, and these are not in a chronological order, like order of importance either. Okay, but number one, they were never planted in the first place. This is why some leave, because they never really grew roots, and so it's easy to pick up. And it's real easy. They were never a part of a particular church family. They attended, they watched, they observed, they might have received some, but they were never really planted. You remember Psalm 92, verse 13 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And it is the will of God that we get planted. And some it takes a little bit of time to get in that right place and to find where they're supposed to be planted. And how many know... How many know eventually all Christians are designed to be planted in a house, okay? And, of course, the picture is a plant. (laughs) You need to get planted. I know in our house we uh, we had um, some sod laid in our yard, in the front yard, and for a number of, well, actually because it was initially laid in the winter, before a number of months you could have gone to any piece of sod you could kind of still see the shape and squares and all that and you could have just grabbed it and just pulled it up and moved it to another place if you wanted Uh, but just um, since it's come spring and everything and it's gotten a lot of water now you go up there and you pull on it and and you can't pull it up you would because the roots have actually gone into the ground you can't pull up the sections anymore it's taken root Okay, that's really where uh, God wants us to be, I believe, where all Christians to be, to the place where you can't easily pull them up, okay? If it would be really easy for a person just to pop around and go from here to there, you can tell they're never planted. Therefore, they're really not going to grow to their potential. They're not going to flourish like this scripture says, like they're supposed to. It's good to be planted to where nothing, I mean, people can yank on you, people can, can kick you a little bit, they can, they, they'd really have to work hard. There really have to be some extreme circumstances to get that person out of where they're at. That's where we should be, okay? But again, that's why some leave, they were ne- never really planted in the first place. They didn't realize that God wants people to be planted in one local church and be committed there. Here's, here's another reason, is, um, uh, is that they didn't get involved and so eventually they, become, they became dissatisfied. One reason why some pack their bags and go is because they never get involved. And the thing is about a, a Christian is we are designed to be active members of the body of Christ. We're not really supposed to be bench warmers, okay, where we watch the game. How many know Hebrews chapter, chapter 12 gives us a picture of people in the grandstands watching a race? Okay, but how many know who's in the grandstands? Someone said, I am. <laughs> no, it's all actually the people that died. Everyone in the race are people who are still here on the earth. The, those in the grandstands, the great cloud of witnesses, those are those who are already in heaven, watching and cheering us on. Okay, and so the, really it's not the place for a believer today to be watching and cheering others on. Yay, good, do a good job. Well, I mean, you can be an encouragement. But get in the game, man. <laughs> okay, and, and I believe this is one of the reasons why some become dissatisfied with what, with what they're doing is, is really because they're not doing anything, okay? And we should all seek, and of course we could do a whole message, a whole series on that, but we should all seek to find our place of where God is actually using us. We're not just always on a receiving end, but we're also on a giving end. We're, we're ministers with the Lord. And so people become dissatisfied. Uh, number three is they never establish any meaningful relationships. They never establish any meaningful relationships. This is sometimes why people will uh, pick up from one place and go to another place because, you know, there is a need in our lives for relationships. There is a need for friendships. For uh, our, rela- our, our fellowship at church is, of course, number one and most important to be with the Lord. But how many know it's also supposed to be with one another? And relationships are important. If you feel like, again, I find myself going this route. It's not my intention. I find myself wanting to help people in the middle of this. And I'm endeavoring primarily to help us understand others. 
okay, and, and have a right and proper attitude towards them. But while I'm here, uh, uh, we're, suppo- we're designed to, ha- to have relationships with each other, okay? Now, not all of us are going to be tight with every other person, <laughs> but God does want us to have relationships because it's a family, right? And, and w- w- one of the ways that we get relationships, remember, he who has friends, the proverb says, must, yeah, he must show, him, he must show himself friendly, Okay, and so take some initiative there if it's if it's lacking in your life. One of the one of the best ways I believe is to is to get involved in serving in some capacity to the, to the point where you're forced into doing something with others, and you won't feel like you're on the outside. You know, especially as our church grows and grows and grows, and we get into uh, you know thousands of people. Uh, well, that's when people sometimes feel lost. It's true, and some people want to feel that way, but. Uh, I mean, they do, uh, and others don't, and they want to have meaningful relationships. That if you take an initiative, I believe you can get, uh, you know, have not having been to, to, you know, a whole lot of other churches, but I think most churches, you can get relationships if you make an effort, okay? And you can get involved and serve and help out somewhere, and it'll force you into relationships. Anyway, they never establish meaningful relationships. Number four is, is they become offended. Why do some people leave a church? They become offended. This is very common. It's very, uh, it happens a whole lot that people are offended. Some of it is just absolutely silly. Uh, and I don't mean to mock, but it is stupid. Uh, uh, how, how, I mean, some of the situations I'm aware of, uh, it's just really sad how some people would make such small issues into such big issues, turn a little molehill into a mountain. And, uh, you know, I remember at a, at, at a previous church I worked at for a number of years. I won't say which one it was. <laughs> Great church. But anyway, there was a particular family that over the years, uh, having been there, they must have been back at least four times over a, over a period of, you know, probably 10 years. What, say, what, ha- what do you mean they came back? I mean they got mad and left in between all those came, went for a while, got involved a little bit, wasn't those other things, had meaningful relationships, something teed them off, <laughs> and they're gone, gone for a year or two, back. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, you're back, okay, welcome back, yay. And, uh, and they'd get do the whole thing over, and after a period, something would happen, and mad again, offended, gone. And it happened over and over, last time, you know, when I left there, they were gone again. I don't know if they're back again. I don't know. Uh, but I thought, you know, that's sad. I mean, it's so easy to say, well, they did this wrong and they did this wrong. And, well, maybe, but, you know, four times. And don't take offense to this, anybody. But, you know, I tend to think sometimes when uh, someone said, man, it's my spouse. They give me so much trouble. That's, I just, uh, and it's the fourth one they're on. And they still think it's the other person. Yikes. All right, if that hurts, then... Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Sometimes we need to hear that it's us. Anyway, people do become offended. Sometimes it's a silly issue. Sometimes someone literally does them wrong and they, do, they get offended. And, uh, but how many know we're ultimately called to love anyway? And forgive, and uh, I remember dealing with a person one time, and they and they brought an they brought an issue where they were done wrong, and I agreed with them. I said, you know what? I think you're right. I think you were done wrong in this situation. Some wrong decisions were made, and and that's not the way it should have happened. Uh, you know, I, I as the, I wasn't the one initially uh, dealing with it, but as the one where the buck stopped, I said. Concerning this situation, let me apologize to you. That that, that, that ever happened. Shouldn't have happened that way. And just to let you know, it wasn't huge, but small deal in my mind. But I said, you know, but will you forgive? Apparently not. I thought, wow, you wouldn't even let someone make a mistake? I mean, forget the 70 times 7, this is one. 
But division took place as a result of an offense that someone just, they wanted to be mad. Mm. Want to be angry. Some people don't know what to do with peace. I mean, they got strife in their home and strife everywhere they go, and they got to fight with somebody. And if you're nice enough, they're going to think your motives are wrong. Well, what do you want from me? <laughs> no. We just love you. We just want to get along. We got a bunch of imperfect people. We don't always do the right thing and say it the right way, but we love you anyway. That's what a family's supposed to be about. But even in the ministry of Jesus, if you read over in John chapter 6, sometimes you remember he preached a sermon that wasn't real popular about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And uh, some people had a problem with that. And, and the Bible tells us that uh, from that time, many of his disciples um, didn't walk with him anymore. And, uh, and even when he went to his disciples, he said, you going to leave too? And they said, we don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> In other words, if there had been a church down the, down the road, <laughs> they'd have been there. <laughs> now, they actually did go on to say, you have the words of eternal life. But, <laughs> uh, but people did walk away from Jesus and did, did take offense at some of the things he, he said. And uh, if that's going to take place, you know, people are going to be offended with you, you at some time or another. Hmm? Now, don't be offensive. Never look to offend. But understand that if it happens doesn't always mean that something's wrong with you. doesn't always mean that you did the wrong thing. You're available, you love, you forgive, and hope they'll do the same, but you can't make people do stuff. And so sometimes people leave because they do become offended. That's, that's a point I could really spend a lot of time on, because I heard an illustration on that one time. I just think it was great. Uh, it was, a, it was a, a story of how, I guess, in some part of Africa, how they catch monkeys. And I guess uh, they determined that the monkeys were too intelligent for them to set up a cage, you know, and have a trap door and put something in there, some food or something that the monkey would want to get and monkey go in there, close the door and you got the monkey. The monkeys were too smart for that. So what they did is they left the door closed and of course the cage had bars on it and they would put something in the cage that was larger than the space between the bars. And so the monkey was too smart to go in, but he would reach his hand in there and try to grab that food and pull it out, but it was too big. And so he was stuck, and, they had, and the monkey was trapped. He couldn't get away. Why? He just refused to let go of that, and they'd come over and knock him on the head. <laughs> Caught myself a monkey. And how many know that's really a picture, I think, of how people become offended and refuse to let go. And the devil comes over with his little stick. Whack, whack, whack. Just wrecks havoc in their life. Messes them up. Keeps them out, keeps them out, of, you know, keeps them out of church and out of meaningful relationships. And uh, all because I'm not going to let go of that. You hurt me or you did this. And, and, and I just can't let go of that. I can't forget. That's called offense. Uh, here's another one, number five. Whether you're writing these down or not, not I don't know, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, <laughs> maybe you need this if you ever think about leaving. <laughs> Might just want to look. Although, again, that's really not my intention. I'm not afraid of anyone taking off. Uh, <laughs> if I talk long enough, I'll say something that someone will have an opportunity <laughs> to be upset about. You know, I was, about, I was about to talk on Sunday. You know, I was talking about Abraham. And I, I, got, and I asked uh, Pastor Mickey, if, I said, this was what I was thinking. I was about to say this. I said, would that have been okay? He said, oh, yeah, that would have been okay. You know, I was talking, <laughs> you know, I was talking about Abraham and how he didn't consider his body being a, yet 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. And, you know, and I, what I was about to say, and, you know, and Abraham could have been looking at his body 100 years old and, you know, how they didn't have Viagra or anything in those days. <laughs> and I, I withheld. I withheld and didn't say that. I thought he didn't consider that. And, but I'm just telling you what I have to go through, this process of elimination. But he said that was okay. <laughs> uh, 
And if you're offended at that, (laughs) and watch out for the stick. Here's another reason why some people leave a church is there is something happening in their life that they don't want anyone to find out about. And there was one study that I don't have all the details on to give you the exact information, but one study I heard about uh, said this. I I thought this was interesting, at least to make me think. But this study, I don't know who they asked, but it came out with this result that 90% of people who left a church and said they were leaving for a certain reason the real reason was this. 90% of them in this survey, the real reason they left is because there was something going on in their life and they didn't want anyone to know about it. Okay? Can you see how that's a real thing? I can understand someone in that situation. I fully understand why they, why they would. Do I think it's the best, best deal anyway? I don't. You know? For one, the church should have, and I certainly want us to have, this kind of reputation. That I don't care what you've done. doesn't matter what's happened. There's love, there's forgiveness, and there's restoration. Okay? Are there ever occasions where someone has to leave? There are, but they're rare. There are situations, you know, and I haven't dealt with it much, but I have, where someone has to be asked to leave. Those are the rare situations. But I hope, again, I, here I go ministering to y'all now. If anything ever happens to you or you do something or something happens to you that's very embarrassing, I hope you wouldn't leave. For one, if I know about it, it's a secret. And it's not going to be spread. And hopefully the rest of us are that way. That's the kind of environment we need to have. If anybody finds out we're not spreading trash or you know, letting people know about someone else's faults and failures. Okay. In fact, the matter could be that some are here. And that's why you left somewhere else. And you know what? I don't care. Hmm? If you need help with something, man, we're here for that. If you want it to be in the past and never brought up or thought about again, good. You're in the right place. And I think probably more churches are like that than we would give credit. Uh, But nevertheless, to think that so many people would say, well, you know, it's just closer to my house, so I went over here. Or, you know, I just didn't really find my place there. Teaching was dry or or whatever. And say all kinds of things that people might say, and really it's something else. That's, I think that's sad that we have to hide. At the same time, you know, we're not looking to expose either. And so... Anyway, uh, again, number five, there's something happening in their life that they don't want anyone else to find out about. Okay. Here's another one, number six. They backslid. Sometimes people will leave a church simply because they're away from God. And they backslide. And they're not, they say, what? You, you, you call them up and they say, how's everything going? Oh, everything's going great. And sometimes put a little Christian lingo in there and uh, say some key words that make the person think that they're living for God, but they're not. Usually, oftentimes, the case when someone leaves a church and they don't go anywhere, it's usually because they're not doing real well with the Lord personally. And, uh, and we should be aware of that. So what should we do with them? Well, if they'll let us, we go after them. I mean, if you know, if you think someone's getting away and, uh, you know, you pray for them and you encourage them. And you, you say, you know, we love you. I don't care what you've done. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Why don't you come back and, and uh, you do what you can, okay? Uh, here's another one, number seven. Here's why some people leave a church is they had a desire for more. And they were a part of a church that didn't give them more. And what are we talking about there? Well, sometimes referring to what we we call the full gospel. Well, we call it, Paul called it that too. 
He said, I fully preached the gospel in certain cities uh, and talked about the miracles and, and things that happened. Some people are a part of a, a group and they're saved and they love God and that group doesn't believe in more. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, the miraculous, the power of God's for today, those type of things. Sometimes that's why a person will leave. I think, again, not to make any one thing the, the final decision maker, but I think that's a good reason. And you say, that's because we're a spirit-filled church. That's right. <laughs> but I also understand that. I know there are some here, a part of our church, and that was the reason. They weren't angry at anyone. They weren't holding bitterness or unforgiveness towards anyone. In fact, they dealt very well with the last situation. And, but they still, they wanted the fullness of the Spirit. What's a person to do? You've got to go where you can get it. Okay, and I realize this because, you know, I mean, I don't certainly know everything, but I know this, that if I'm somewhere and I want more and the person I'm listening to isn't growing or doesn't know more, I can't get it through them. I've got to get it somewhere. Okay, and so that's, that's one reason. Um, here, here's another one. This is, this is eight in my list, is that they were involved in a church that was going nowhere. And they wanted to be a part of something alive and growing. Okay, that's another one of those tough situations because people, you know, they don't want to do the wrong thing. And oftentimes they, you know, they're, they're not angry with someone, but they feel this desire to be a part of something that's alive and growing and something that's moving and shaking. <laughs> you know, people are getting saved and, and, and God, people are getting healed and things are happening. And what do you do if you believe in all that stuff? But week after week, you don't see anything. I think that can be quite discouraging. Okay? And, and, and that's, that's one of the reasons. I, I know a, a person told me uh, a while back, they said they had a friend, and this friend, well, this, was, this is here in, in, in Boise, and this friend is a part of a church, and they, this friend was sharing with this other person who goes to our church, and they said because they were telling them about good things that were happening. They were excited. And they said they would, have, they would love to be here and to be a part of this. They said, but I could never leave. And they were, they were basically telling them that where they were at was dry and dead and nothing was happening. And they had a group of people there, but there was just no move of the Spirit. And, and they believed in it, but it just wasn't, wasn't happening. And I'm not here to judge that church or say whether that's right or not, but that's his testimony. And he, but he said, I could never leave. He said, my family's here. I've been here for so long. Everybody knows me here. If I let, I just could never get out of this situation. And I think that's a problem. I know it's difficult, but I feel for that guy too. I know this. I don't want, as a pastor someone staying here because they don't want to hurt my feelings by leaving I don't want people sitting in the pew uh, because they're afraid that someone else will be offended if they leave ultimately our reasons for being planted need to be different than that okay uh, there needs to be needs to be some agreement with the house and the vision and some growth that's taking place and just a, a number of factors that really are supposed to be in play in a person's life okay here's another reason uh, another re reason is, is there was too much disagreement with the doctrine or direction of the church sometimes people will leave because there's just too much disagreement now I, I use that word too much on purpose okay because how many know some disagreement is okay it's not required in any church, uh, any church that I know of, where they're going to analyze every single belief of every person, and uh, you know, how many know every church would split over end times? Because <laughs> there's just a lot of different opinions about when things are going to happen, as far as eschatology is concerned. And uh, uh, but sometimes there's a point where there's just too much. And they're big issues. They're major things that are taking place. And a person has to say, you know what? I can't walk with this. I can't agree with this. I need to go somewhere else. Or it could be just the whole direction of a church. You know, again, this has to be a, 
I think, a, a pretty big deal. But if a church is going a completely different direction than what they can agree with, what do you do? You, you, you know, you're either an anchor on the ship, dragging along because you don't like what's happening, don't agree with anything that's happening, you're just kind of slowing everything down, or you cut loose and go jump in somebody else's ship, <laughs> Right? Somewhere where you can agree and you're going the same direction and there's a, there's a similarity of vision and purpose, okay? Again, not 100% agreement. I don't know if that happens. But we must agree on something or we can't walk together, okay? And so, uh, too much disagreement. Uh, here's another one, number 10. Some people move away for economic reasons, or job opportunities, you know, that type of thing. That's, that's one of those issues. Say, is that a good reason? Is that a good reason why a person should leave? I think it's questionable in my experience. Okay, a good, good, good friend of mine who pastors uh, in a different state, he told me one time, he said, I've never seen anyone who left my church do better. And he wasn't saying that to them. I don't know if he said that to them or not, but he was saying that. To, he just said, this is just my observation. He said, at the most, I've seen people stay, the, at the best, I've seen them stay the same. Usually, he said, I see them do worse after they leave. And I thought, wow, that's an interesting observation. But when people move away for economic reasons, job opportunities, I'm not saying that that should never happen. Uh, but I'm saying a lot of times people put their priorities wrong. And I think to be led just by that can be dangerous. I think it's more wise for a person to make where they're at in their local church. Now hold on to your seat, some of you, a priority over their work. Some have a hard time hearing that. Oh, but I'm, this is a job. This is an opportunity. Well, you know, your church is going gonna, is gonna to make a big difference on how things go with you, how your kids do how your family goes, how a lot of things, how finances go, even though it looks right. And uh, I know Brian knows that. He had some opportunities. And I'm not, I didn't ask him to say this, but I know he stayed, they stayed here when he had job opportunities somewhere else, and he stayed because they believe they're supposed to be here. Now, if the Lord ever leads him to go somewhere else, then he's missing God. But... <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding, but, uh, you know, because <laughs> ultimately, you know, this is not kind of some kind of cult <laughs> where, where we try to, you know, get control over people and, and uh, have to make decisions for them. No, not, none of that. Ultimately, be led by the Spirit. And in any one of these things that I talk about, uh, you know, if someone says, I don't feel, I feel like I need to go somewhere and get more, or I feel like I don't have any friends, or, or one of these things, how many know ultimately those can't be the decision maker? If there's a job opportunity in another, another city or another state, say, should I go? Well, I can't answer that for you generically. Ultimately, you've got to pray. And this is what people leave out too often. Should I stay or should I go? Uh, what does the Lord say? When you pray, where's there, where, where do you have peace? Okay? And that's a situation where even if, even if someone's in a church and things are not going right, and there's some wrong direction, or there's some corruption in leadership, or some things are just not right say say do i just leave that situation no you pray you, you pray because it's family and so you give time would the lord ever lead someone out of that yeah but would he automatically lead them out i don't think so because he knows that that things are about to change sometimes and so that's why ultimately you know answer to a thousand and one questions is be led by the spirit and uh, what is the lord dealing with you about and he's always right He's always right, and, uh, and that's something we should always remember. And so uh, that, that was my 11th point. I didn't realize it, but <laughs> uh, is some people leave because they were led by the Spirit. They were led by the Spirit. I say, Pastor, you better not say that. People might think, oh, the Lord might lead me out of here. <laughs> well, if he does and it's really him, go, because you're taking up a seat. <laughs> And, and, and like I said at the beginning, I think a lot of movement is not God, but I think there are times. I mean, ultimately, he's got to be the one in charge, 
right? He's got to be Lord. And so if he does, I mean, you just got to take your time and wait and pray and get wise counsel and make sure it is right. But if the Lord does lead someone to go, that's when they ought to go. Some of you are here, I know, because the Lord led you. And you knew then this is right. Or when you got here, you knew, well, this is right. This is where the Lord wants me to be. And praise God, that's a correct move. All right. Uh, anyway, here, here's a scripture, Proverbs 24. Verse 21 says, My son, fear the Lord and the king. Do not associate with those given to change. Do not associate with those given to change. And this, I bring this out because too many times people will do a whole lot in the name of the Lord, and it really wasn't God. And, uh, you know, you pray for 30, 30 seconds, and whoo, okay, I'm going. <laughs> you might want to wait. You know, in any kind of decision you make, wait and hear. Because uh, someone said, well, the Lord has been leading me here and leading me here and leading me just to roam around. And, and uh, I'm not quite sure that's the Lord. I'm reminded of the word plant. <laughs> you know, and blood clot. You know, those who it kind of roams through the body, never does any good, just kind of causes pain wherever it is. <laughs> Some call them, what do they call them? Cruzomatics. <laughs> I've seen situations, though, where people feel like uh, they're so connected, and again, and it's good to be connected, but. They wanted to get out of a situation, felt like they were supposed to, but the only way they could leave is they had to move. They had to move to another state. And they had to come up with some reason. We just we feel like we're supposed to move over here, or go to school over here, or do this, because they knew if they stayed, they could never, the emotional attachment, they could never leave a place. And I don't think it's supposed to be that way. I've known people who've been stuck in dead spots for so long because of that. They just couldn't leave. They knew God was there supposed to, but so the only way they could justify it, well, the Lord's, we're, we're moving to this state. And they got out of their commitment that way. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, look at Romans 16. Let's finish up with this. I didn't mean to turn this into a series, and I... just supposed to be one night and I got more than I have I got more left to say hope this is okay with everybody there's a little bit different kind of message than what we normally do but we'll shout another time <laughs> unless you leave <laughs> watch out for the stick <laughs> And that thing I said about the Lord leading people, that's true in every church except this one. <laughs> I'm kidding. Chill. Relax. Uh, when people leave, how should we respond? That's kind of what I wanted to get to. <laughs> if someone leaves a church and you're in the church, how do you respond towards them? Well, I would tell you this. You continue to love them. And that might seem obvious to some, but it's not always the case in all circumstances where people are encouraged to do that. We love people who are not a part of our church, even if they used to be. Even, now watch, even if they left for the wrong reason. Hmm. Whether they got offended, whatever it is. Some other reason. They're hiding it, we don't know, but now we know. <laughs> that they're hiding something. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> we love them. Okay. We don't talk negatively about them. Did you hear about so-and-so? They must be, must be serving the devil now. <laughs> or whatever. No, we don't talk negatively about someone who leaves. They're still part of the family. Maybe they've disconnected with this local family. Okay? But they're still part of the greater family. Still a part of the body of Christ. And so we don't shun we don't, we don't excommunicate people here. Well, usually. I say that seriously. I mean, there's, there's <laughs> not that we have an official excommunication policy, but uh, 
there are situations, and they're rare, but when people have to leave, you know, because of harm that uh, can be done and is done. Um, but we don't talk negatively about them. We don't, we don't blacklist them. We don't avoid them. You know, you see them in the mall. You walk on the other side. Oh, there's, you see so-and-so over there. You know, what is that, what is that about? Too many times people do something like that and they think, they're, uh, they think they're doing the right thing and they're just not walking in love. I can tell you that there are, there are you know, we've been around for almost, you know, coming up on seven years and unfortunately there are people that used to go here <laughs> that don't anymore and some of them I don't even remember. But, <laughs> but some I do. And some... I really didn't like that they left. Felt that they missed it. You know, and some I had no feeling about it one way or another. I mean, I didn't have any direction from the Lord. I just thought, okay, well, I did wish you wouldn't, but I didn't have. But some I really felt like, man, you're totally missing it here. And you know, I can walk. I can if I run into some people, and I have run into some. I'm legitimately uh, happy to see them. I can go give them a hug. How's it going? Hope everything's great. No, it's not. Hope everything's great. <laughs> I'm not saying I want it to not be great. I do. I genuinely want them to be doing well. I want them to be blessed. Speak blessings over them. And that's the way we ought to treat people. And the re- reason I brought you over here to Romans is because of this scripture that is used, I think, wrongly sometimes. Romans 16, verse 17. It says, Now I urge you, brethren... Note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. Okay, is there ever a time where we should avoid someone? According to this, there is. But I'm just saying most of the time this is not the case. Most of the time when someone leaves one church, goes to another church, it's not because they were causing division and offenses. There are times when people are serving their own belly and they are deceiving the simple-hearted or gullible, the immature ones. And there are times when people who are taking advantage of others and deceiving and hurting parts of the body, and in those situations, what do we do? We avoid them. It's time for you to leave. It's time for you to go. Okay? And do we avoid people like that? Yes, we do. But most of the time, I'm just telling you from experience and, and the things that I've dealt with, that's not the case. Most of the time... You know, many of the reasons that I listed or other reasons. Even if someone, they've got something secret in their life they didn't want anyone to know about. Well, I'm not going to make them feel bad about that. I wish they'd stay. And if they'd give me, give me an opportunity to speak in their life, I might try to help them out. But ultimately, am I going to avoid that person because they made the wrong decision? No, they weren't in here trying to deceive the simple-hearted, the simple-minded. They weren't in trying to cause divisions. They're not trying to be a problem. They're just gone just did the wrong thing now we know this if i'm talking to folks who want to be here and are for the most part don't know where where everyone stands but you know you're you're committed to the to the cause and the and the purpose we know that we're a body and the analogy is of the physical body that the lord gives that's the whole body of christ but that also is true concerning the local body and sometimes you know you cut off a finger it hurts and you know, when people leave and it's not the right thing, it's not the right way it's supposed to happen, it causes pain. And it does cause a disruption in the flow. I mean, if I'm walking along and my foot decides to go the other way, <laughs> I mean, no, I'm going to be on the ground. <laughs> okay? And so we know that there's that involved. But we're never to be condemning. And unless someone is, is again, purposely trying to hurt or cause problems, uh, we're to walk in love. Okay? Because here's one thing, we want to leave the door open to people to allow them to return if they discover that they missed it. And if we curse people on their way out, how many know you just made it real hard for them to change their mind 
and realize, you know what, I, I, I should have been there, I shouldn't have left, and I want to come back, but now, yikes, okay? And I know when, when God leads things, if they're done in the right way, and I know this from how um, I left the church I was at before starting this church, I did things in the right way and did things under authority, and uh, there was much discussion and there was agreement and, and all kinds of things, and it was still difficult, to a degree because of the emotional relationships that were there and, and being a part of something. It was still difficult a little bit for them and a little bit for me, but because it was done right, man, it, it, it was a blessing on both ends. And that's ultimately what we want. Uh, just in, in, in closing here, did I already say that? Okay, never mind. Uh, continuing in my closing, John fifteen two. Jesus said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Is there ever a time where God trims <laughs> and prunes for the purpose of expansion and further growth? Yeah. And it's not easy to realize because you don't know sometimes what's happening. But sometimes that happens, and it's God bringing increase ultimately. I, I was I was reading about a particular person. Um, they had an experience with, in fact, it, Pastor Mickey used to work for him. Uh, he had an experience um, with Lester Summerall, if you know that man of God who's in heaven now for a few years. But uh, they were having a discussion um, with a number of ministers and pastors there. And I guess one of the pastors, a, a big group of people, had left his church, 150 people or something. I don't know how big the church was, but they had all left at one time. And they are I guess, having a discussion of, of why this took place. And, and uh, most of them had left the room. And this person was um, standing there. And Lester Summerall looked up to him, and he said, Every living organism must have a bowel movement from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> let's pray <laughs> Father we give you thanks tonight you're a good God Lord I thank you that you are a part of us Lord you are leading us we are your church we are your people and we trust that you lead us and guide us into the place that, we're all, that we all need to be and Lord you've, you've brought us here together to do something great for the kingdom to affect and impact lives for eternity. Thank you. I thank you for everyone that you've joined to this house and this family. Lord, for those who have departed, Lord, we ask that you would bless them. Lord, pour out your spirit on them. Open the eyes of their understanding. If they missed it, help them to see it and get back here. Lord, anyone who's departed and you were involved, Lord, we just thank you for getting people where they need to be. Lord, you're ultimately in charge, and you, you cause increase here and increase other places. Ultimately, we want to populate heaven and plunder hell. Lord, we thank you for being involved with our lives, with our church, for leading us. Help us to have a clear perspective of why things happen, why they don't, and to be merciful and kind and loving and gracious towards all. Lord, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.